Red Iron Gang. We're back. Welcome once again to another episode of the Gridiron Gang Football Podcast. We're wrapping up the fantasy portion of our show. We just kind of wanted to give you... We're still more of a fan thing. We just done the. We kind of wanted to do a fantasy segment for a few weeks. Yeah, a lot of you are preparing for your fantasy exactly. seasons just as we are. Including and me, because I, I sucked it up last year. And I desperately needed to do this research... Um, a lot of my, um, I don't know, teammates, our opponents are watching this and uh, do not think that I'm ranking how I really feel. Okay, <laughs> like I'm, just because I put such and such player at number one does not mean I'm going to go after that person. Okay, so I, there's my, these are our opinions that who we think are the best, but like does not mean I'm going to go after these certain players. Just Forewarned. Well, there you have it, folks. If you're listening to our show just to get at Drew at your fantasy league, it will not work, according to him. But we've got a good show this week. Top 10 fantasy wide receivers. A great position, a fun position. They catch all the touchdowns, most of them. So we're going to talk about our top 10 heading into this 2020-2021 season. I'm going to let you start us off since uh, at the end of last week we had a little conversation about who would be number one. So I'm going to go ahead and let you tell us who your number one wide receiver is, Drew. Well, I didn't want to rank this guy as number one uh, because when I had him on my team in years past, he was not number one and he didn't play like number one for me. But last year was a historic year for him. And uh, there's no way I could deny it. So, number one receiver is Michael Thomas. Uh, Thomas is coming off a really historic season. Uh, it's no surprise that when he was uh, fantasy's most consistent wideout by a mile, um, he scored double digits in 15 games, double digit fantasy points in 15 games, and hit the 20 point mark 10 times. Like, no other no other wideout in perspective. He had this ten times. No other wideout in fantasy had more than five games with over twenty over twenty points. That's crazy. I mean, he won your your league for a lot of people. And his eight games with twenty five plus points also led the NFL. But surprisingly, this is a weird stat. Thomas did not lead in the position in the wide receiver position once in any week. So he ended up the number one for the year. Yeah. But in any given week, he was two he was, or three. He was never you know. number one. That, that, I didn't know that. It's very That's interesting. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of the dynamics by, of fantasy. Maybe, maybe in other other fantasy leagues, but like as a whole, like as a dynamic whole where it comes to like ESPN, Yahoo, gotcha. FanDuel, whatever. He, he, he's average. Average, yes. The average. He uh, did not lead the position in scoring. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of that has to do also in some leagues with different formats, like yeah. a full PPR or whatever. Maybe he led a couple yeah. Of weeks. Yeah, and, and I think another reason why I don't like Michael Thomas is because, I mean, I don't have anything against him other than the fact that when I had him, we were in a standard league, and uh, it yeah. was not PPR. And so like, That's what it was. That's probably what it, what ruined me on him because I'm just kind of like, yeah, he's not doing much for me. I don't get why everybody's so high on him. But now I look at his numbers. You know, If he were a PPR league I was in, uh, would, he destroyed. He would probably have a statue in my front yard. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, 
How about you? What's your, who's your number one? I told you last week. It's Michael Thomas. <laughs> the 149 receptions he had last year, not 149 targets, 149 receptions set an NFL record, Drew. 149 receptions. He had 185 targets, the most in the NFL in the last four years. You said it best earlier. It was a record-breaking, spectacular year for Michael Thomas. So what, what what can we expect out of him this year, right? That's the question. And here's what I think. Even if those targets and receptions do go down, because a lot of the times what we see is when somebody has a breakout, just phenomenal record-setting year like this, the next year they kind of fall down to earth a little bit. But even if his receptions and his targets go down, I still expect Michael Thomas to be head and shoulders above above really everybody on expectations. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders. He's going to help Drew Brees more than he's going to hurt Michael Thomas, if that makes any sense. Michael Thomas is still going to get his. He's still by far the number one wide receiver in, in New Orleans. I, I understand that when he was healthy and when he was playing, Emmanuel Sanders had a great role in San Francisco last year. Mm-hmm. But that was mainly due to the fact that they had nobody else. Debo Samuel was just breaking out. So it was the Emmanuel Sanders show's show. Now he comes to New Orleans, a much more established offense, I think, with Drew Brees. And he's still going to look for Michael Thomas. He's still going to look for Michael Thomas. I think the target share is still going to be really, really weighed over towards the Michael Thomas side. Emmanuel Sanders will have a role, sure. But can he stay healthy? I don't know. Another thing that really kind of like makes me mad because I was not, and I was, I'm looking at his stats right now. This is what killed me, and in a standard league, having him in a standard league, his like, let's see, it's the receiving yards per target. So right. like his route, what his average was nine point four. Okay. His receiving yards per reception was twelve point two. So his yards after the catch was not great. And so, like, you see you see what he, like, you know, that's two or three steps before he goes down. Right. You know, he's not going to break one off like uh, Julio, who's like a freak of nature. Yeah. But, like, that's what killed me is the fact that he just, he catches the ball and he kind of goes down. In the standard league, for running back also, really, or any position, you need the touchdowns. Yeah. You need the touchdowns. And Which the last touch- year he had, let's see, how many touchdowns total did he have? Uh, he had nine touchdowns through the air. Yeah, receiving touchdowns. Nine. So, which was a good year. Good I mean, year. Yeah, I guess. So that was so that was our that was our consensus number one. Uh, who's your number two, Drew? Number two is none other than the steal of the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins. All right. Hopkins is the top wide receiver picked in most 2019. And uh, the number one receiver picked in drafting was DeAndre Hopkins in 2019 and uh, produced a combined 10 top 20 performances. I mean, he's a, he's a beast. You're going to be surprised where he's at for me. I, I, I mean, I, as long as in your top 10, I'm not going to be mad at you. <laughs> right, yeah. But, like – you cannot deny that. That's why I'm just so blown away. Of course, everybody else is by the trade that Houston did. 
And um, I think that with um, his top his, his top 10, 10 top 20 performances uh, and ranked in a tie for the second most 20-point games at the position. He, Hawkins also finished second in terms of top five finishes with four. So you, you look at you look at what all he has. What he already he's a true number one receiver. He really is. Yeah. I mean, Th- Thomas just catches everything. Like and so does Hopkins. But Hopkins, for for example, you look at what he does in this. You see, he had he's had fifty four touchdowns in his six year career, seven year career. He's double digit touchdowns every shoot. year. It's incredible. It's incredible. You go well, except for that one year, um, in this one where he only played. Oh wait, he's the most consistent player of all time. Take that, Bill O'Brien. But he had four reception, four touchdowns in 2016. But what I'm saying is, he 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 just blows it up. And I think that when he has a better receiver, he he's going to be playing in the the best receiving core of his career. Yes, he had Andre Johnson, Andre Johnson in the beginning of his career, but when you have Larry Legend playing on the other side of you, Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk, you know, like they, these aren't scrubs. Right. You know, the receiving core he's coming from, like I talked about in, in episodes past, are trash. And Does, does and, that not hurt him, though? How's that hurt him? Does that not hurt his fantasy value where – He's going to have to sh- – he won't be the main focal point of Kyler Murray. He has other options he can go to. Yeah, like I said last week, okay, when it comes to running backs, more balanced a game, more balanced a team. More success. The more success players have. It's always been that way. So I think that – that does not scare me away. DeAndre okay. Hopkins yeah, that's what I was getting to. With, the, it, with the Cardinals does, it bother you? does not bother me because when he's by himself, he can have – Everything, you know, when he when when the defenses are keying on him because they know DeAndre Hopkins is about to get the ball. Yeah, you know, because now now they can't do that. Now now they can't because they got to worry about yeah, Kenyon Drake. True. They got to worry, but they got spread. They got spread out that defense. You know, you got Larry Legend, who's still no like I said, no scrub. Andy Isabella, who's a blazing fast slot. Christian Kirk, who is amazing footwork. You know, all these different things. They have to pick their poison, and. Who is the best out of that? DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, that's yeah. that's that's me. Oh, wait, who's you. your I'm number two? You. My Not number DeAndre two Hopkins. is Tyreek Hill. Ooh. Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, he he, he had a bad year last year. Uh-huh. Let, let's just. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. He only had 860 yards, 58 receptions, and seven touchdowns. He missed the first five weeks of 2019, though. Let's get that out the way. But once he, um. Once he got rolling, he still had some hiccup weeks here and there. Was not a good year. Um, he can be inconsistent at times. And so this is something that you're going to have to weigh yourself when you're thinking about drafting Tyreek Hill, especially if you're thinking about drafting him pretty high. But in spite of his inconsistencies, he's one of the highest or has one of the highest, if not the highest ceilings of any one wide receiver because his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, and he is as fast as a cheetah, <laughs> which why they call him Cheetah. He's in his prime. He's 26 years old, is he? I believe he has the best quarterback in the league throwing to him. 
Uh, he's blazing fast, and at any in any given week, he he can win your week for you. Yeah. Period. Uh, but then again, he can also like last year lose it for you. And especially if there if injuries do come back, yeah. that's what I'm saying. This is something you you yourself are gonna have to to weigh, to weigh, and it, how important is it for you to have a play player that can win a week? But then again, at any in any one play, literally, I don't think you can say that. For 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 every single wide receiver, quarterback combination, that in any given play, he'll win the week for you, with an eighty-yard touchdown bomb from Mahomes. But then again, too, you gotta think like his off-the-field issues. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, missing he, games. He call it injury, off-the-field issue, whatever it is. He he misses games. That's just a huge risk for me. And like, yeah, he is just the most biggest flash in the pan guy. Ever for me because he he just he has that blazing speed, and uh, but you know his he began he was undrafted remember or or, or is like he wasn't undrafted no he was what was he well while you look that up I mean one of the things that I, I've said plenty of times here on the show about Mahomes and now I'm gonna apply it to Tyreek Hill as well if him if Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes can stay healthy because Mahomes had some issues with injury as well. They can both stay healthy and stay on the field for whatever the reason may be. Good luck slowing them down because stopping them is not an option. No, no, because his speed it just it just does it all. See, he was a fifth round pick. He fell in the draft because remember he beat up his pregnant girlfriend. Okay, that's how he started his uh, his his career, and then um, he had last year. Where he supposedly broke his kid's arm, the same kid that whose mom he beat up, he supposedly broke his arm and like beat him, you know. Well, nobody's saying he's a saint, and this is just a football podcast. But <laughs> again, speaking football, good luck slowing him down because you're not gonna stop him unless he does something to stop himself, like those kind of things. Unfortunately. All right, so we ready for my number, number three. three? My number three is the one, the only, Devontae Adams. I wanted to make him my number one, but after I started studying, um, you know, Michael Thomas was undeniable, and I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is just a head drooped above him. I might call it a tie, but DeAndre Hopkins will uh, edge it out because the reason is DeAndre, I mean, sorry, Devontae Adams does not have any kind of Threat. Help and or, or threat to his targets. Exactly, but the thing is, teams can easily load that side, yeah. and we saw that last year. Last year, you look at what he had. Let's look at his stats. He had five touchdowns last year. Yeah, we talked about it last week. It was it was bad. It was bad. You know, he went from from twelve in twenty sixteen, ten in twenty seventeen. 13 in 2018. He and then, couldn't break 1,000 yards either last year. No, three yards shy. Three yards shy of 1,000. And I think that people just, he was able, they were able to stop him. They were able to end it, and he couldn't do anything. But Adams also missed four games last year. So I'm not going to fault him for that. I mean, like, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, but he's also, he's quite reliable when he, out on the gridiron. Like, he's out there. He's the number one receiver on that team with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. In fact, he was a top ten wide receiver eight times and scored 20-plus 
fantasy points in five games. So when he was out there, you know, he still he had he had really bad games, but then again, he had really good games. Yeah. While the value of the, his quarterback and Rodgers is on the decline, he is. Adams will remain a top three fantasy wideout in 2020. I do believe that. I do believe that he will be top three, and and that's why I have him at number three because, like I said, I think he really is kind of like a, when it comes to the second like Mike Mike Thomas is alone on his pedestal at number one, but this next class of DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams are the same type of caliber, same tier, same tier. So that's the my, my next one. Unfortunately, I think my neck, my number four. I hate to see it because he's been one of my favorite players since he's been in the league. But we'll get to that in the well, minute. Well, let's hold off on that because it's time for my number three Have wide receiver. And honestly, listen, I I hear you. I hear you, and I hear you guys out there. The the risk for Tyreek Hill. I bet you anything you're gonna I, say Kenny Galladay. I hear it. So I really my number three. I had no. I have no. Op, um, problem whatsoever switching him to number two and switching Tyree Hill to number three. I, I was having that debate, but Julio Jones. Oh, it's Julio Jones. Oh. He's been so consistent. He had 99 receptions last year. Yeah, 1,394 yards and six touchdowns. I'm not gonna talk a whole lot about Julio because I feel like he he talks for himself on the field every mm-hmm. single year as a fantasy stud. And the only reason he, he hasn't become, like, the greatest fantasy wide receiver of all time is because his touchdowns don't always fall for him. Mm-mm. Last year, he had only six. But he is something else when it he, when he comes down consistency to consistency. Listen to this, Drew. Listen to this, everybody. He's got at least 1,300 yards in the last six seasons. In the last six seasons, at least 1,300 yards. That is consistency for you there. That's very hard. That means you can depend on him. That means his floor is very, very safe or very high, however you want to see it. Um, I don't see him slowing down too much this year. The only way I can see him slowing down is if Matt Ryan begins to decline and begins to show some, some wear and tear from his age. I believe Matt's like 30, um, 32 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's the only reason... Or the only way I can see, um, I can see him kind of decline that way. Matt Ryan's thirty-five. Excuse me. I know he's a lot, he's a lot older than you think. Matt Ryan is thirty-five. So the only the only way I can see Julio starting to decline like that is if Matt Ryan starts to decline. And I understand some of you are going to go back and say, "But Pedro, didn't you put? Didn't you have uh, Julio Jones as um, as like a potential?" I forgot what we called it that one episode, but essentially where I said he's going to start to show his age. Yeah, it was on the yeah, Burning Question yeah. show. He might. And again, it's it's all linked with Matt Ryan. I trust I trust Julio Jones more than Matt Ryan as of this point. How about that? Um, that's, that's fair. <laughs> because, I mean, he's shown it to me. 1,300 yards the last six years at least. Um, if, Matt Ryan, if Julio and Matt can get that connection going again and he – consistently starts to get 10 touchdowns maybe his yards fall off a bit but his touchdowns kind of come up I mean, Julio even though Matt Ryan's 35 Julio's right behind him at 31 like I, he's, I, he's yeah that's what I'm saying he's sne- like I said before he's sneaky old and I think I really do believe that Julio Jones at 31 has at least two three good 
great fantasy years mm-hmm. left in him. Mm-hmm. So that's my number three. Your number four? My number four is Julio Jones. I uh, I love Julio Jones in fantasy. Uh, he's my been my old reliable. He's yeah. somebody that can come in there and, and still be just that solid piece. Is he a Hall of Famer? Hall of Famer like in once Canton? He, once he retires. And in Canton? Potentially, I guess. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's hard for me, period, besides like a Tom Brady or, I don't know, some other team, other obvious players. I don't know. Maybe J.J. Watt. I that yeah. would just be like Hall of Famer. Like, that's Hall of Famer. Like, there's no doubt about it. I think you could probably debate. You can make a case for it. You I could think. definitely. I, could, I, I would listen. I just, and thought, I'd probably, I just thought I'd throw that question out there. I think he could be. I think he could be. I think, I, I I think he will be once it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the fact that you're like r- r- this close to calling him a Hall of Famer when he's only 31 and he's still playing yeah. is just, you know what I mean? It, it, it's it tough. It kind of proves how he probably will be. He's, barring he's, some crazy he's just he's the thing Julio Jones honestly when I watched when I do I do I do the draft big I do it real big I have no I know nothing what I'm doing I just like to watch football but if you ever watch Julio he's probably the most natural just god-given athlete at Roger receiver I've ever seen in my life and he the way he runs routes is just it's almost as good as Kenny Galladay oh gosh <laughs> Anyway, Julio Jones uh, finished third in fantasy points among wideouts in 2019. Due to part of the strong finish to his season, he ranked tied for second in games with 10-plus points and and in 20-plus points. Only Michael Thomas had more in games with 25-plus points. Jones, who will be 31 years old at the start of the season, which he's already 31, by the way, Will be a second round pick in most fantasy drafts. I think he's like, I think that's kind of a given. Like, I would not spend. I mean, this is the thing that sucks. I love Julio Jones, but I would not like even if I were at the end of the end of the first round. Oh, I'm 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 jamming that button into the first round. You think so? Yeah, seven, eight, nine. Uh, okay, I, I because he's consistent. I, I, you I know think, what you're getting. But then again, I'm, no getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So. I think he's a solid, like, second-round player. Solid. Like, that would be... Oh, it's a steal. It's a steal. And so, you look at what Julio Jones did last year. Uh, since his injury in 2013, he's only missed four games in seven years. That's that's resilient. Reliability. Right there. That's right there. It's, it's incredible. And... But the thing is... I don't know. He had 1871 in 2015. Then he had 1409. Then 1444. Then 1677. All these receiving yards. He was receiving champion in 2018. 2019 is when he had his lowest at 1390. And uh, he also, when it comes to touchdowns, he goes, uh, you know, he's not a touchdown machine. You know, no. you, look, you look at what he has. He only has 57 touchdowns in 10 years. Yeah, like we were talking about, this is the perfect prime example of half PPR, full PPR league. you yeah. got to get Julio Jones. But his yards are just phenomenal. That's the thing. That's the reason why I hesitate on him being a Hall of, considered a Hall of Famer or his lack of touchdowns. You know, like you think that he's this best player, but you look at what he has, it's it's not great. You know, he, ha- he has – he averages – 
don't know. You you go from two to six to eight to six to three to eight to six. You know, he averages single digit stuff. It's not like he's. I don't know. I just, that's just how I'm kind of cautious about him. But then again, he's old reliable when it comes to other stat, stats. And exactly. I think that if you have a PPR, take that man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, who's your number four? My number four is Devontae Adams. Okay. Devontae Adams, and listen, I understand what you had him what it? Three? Three. I have him a four. It's not like I have him, you know, super low either. But this is a player who last year was like one, two before the season. You know, I mean, he was expected to have this great year like he did in 2018, and it, it just didn't come to fruition. He had he only had 83 receptions, 997 yards, only five touchdowns like we've talked about. Uh-huh. It was a bad year for Adams. He did miss four games, like you've said. But nonetheless, um, when you take all that into account, he is still an elite wide receiver with no competition in Green Bay and from the receiving core. Um my only concern here is that the team will take even a bigger step towards becoming that running first team that LaFleur wants. Excuse me. That's what he said he wanted. He wanted a run first team. He showed it last year. We saw the breakout year from Aaron Jones, the 16 touchdowns, um, the, the decline from Aaron Rodgers' game. And that, that's what worries me with Devontae Adams. I've been kind of harsh on... Aaron Jones, I mean, excuse me, uh, Aaron Rodgers this year wasn't in our top ten. I don't think either of us, either of ours. I think he is still an uh, obviously an elite quarterback, a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. But the thing is that if this team, if this coach and this this scheme wants to be a run first team that only passes when they need to, sure they have one of the best quarterbacks of all time to do it with, but. Are we going to see a big decline from Devontae Adams, even if he's out there 16 games? I understand that there's no competition, but when if, if they're trying to throw the ball, what, 20, 30 times a game? I mean, realistically, are we going to get to see another year like we did in 2018 for Devontae Adams? Uh, it's what worries me, and that's why he has slid down a bit. He's still an elite wide receiver with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and when they do throw, he's going to be looking for Devontae Adams. So mm-hmm. he's still number four, but I'm hesitant. <laughs> Why? I mean, like, I, I still think, okay, all right. I, I hear what you're saying. Because I mean, they're going to run the ball more. Yeah. I mean, they already did it last year. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm just hesitant in the volume. In the volume. Will the volume be there f- Will it be enough for him to sustain a top five wide receiver year? I mean, I'm not going to be surprised at all if he gets there. I mean, I have him at number four. It's not like I have him at eight or nine. But, again, it just it just worries me, that's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Uh, we have, what, no, what is it, number four? Oh, gosh. Iris, stay still. This is our new co-host, Iris. She's, she's uh Anxious. She really wanted to say something there, but I, I, she she has a very foul mouth. Uh, number five for me is Kenny Galladay, which I know my resident Lions fan is happy about. It's uh, a great pick. Kenny Galladay had, had an amazing fantasy year last year. He had an amazing year, period. But fantasy, he had an incredible year. Galladay tied third 
in top 20 finishes among wide receivers. And he tied for the second most 20-point games in 2019. The Lions wideout also tied uh, for sixth in games with 25 or more fantasy points. And he played half the season without Matthew Stafford, who we know was having an incredible year. Exactly. Imagine what he can do with a full season, okay? Galladay led all wide receivers with 11 touchdown catches. A surefire second-round pick is something I could see there. I don't know. Would you, put, would you take him in the first round? Yeah, you would. Kenny? You're a Lions no. Fan. No, I would not. Um, but anyway, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, I, when I first saw him come into the league, there was a, it was a preseason game against the Colts, my team. I was watching the game, and uh, Kenny Galladay came in there, and grown man jumped over Malik Hooker and took it, to, took it down, brought it down. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this guy is going to be a touchdown monster. And sure enough, he comes in, and he, he can come – he can he can just dominate a game. They call him Babytron, which I think is kind of Megatron. fair. Megatron. You know, because he, he is 6'5", 215. He's a big dude. But yeah. um, I do think that he's, he ended up third in wide receivers on average, third in fantasy wide receivers on average with his 11 touchdowns. Now, that's how you that's how you win games too. Yes, if you have PPR, you can kill him with 1,000 cuts for sure. But one way to just really take it and just take your, your opponent's soul is somebody that can come in there and catch a touchdown consistently. And that's what Kenny Galladay did. Even even half the season without his starting quarterback. Yep. So, Kenny Galladay, I didn't expect it until I did my research, but he's a number five. And he is my number five as well. Oh. I think that's a great selection by Man, Drew. man, I'm surprised. Honestly, me and Pedro have not seen each other's rankings. And I love that we're, like, kind of in sync a little bit. Listen, last year in half-point PPR leagues, he was the wide receiver six for the year. Okay. So, without Stafford for the majority of the year, having David blah, throwing to him. <laughs> and so, think about it. A fully healthy Matthew Stafford with a, his back as strong as ever, hopefully. Maybe. A full 16 games from him. <coughs> a full 16 games from, from Kenny Galladay. I expect big things from this Detroit nice. passing offense. Again, 11, 11 touchdowns. He was one of the best wide receivers last year, and he had nobody throwing to him. I mean, my only concern is this. He doesn't really get as many targets or receptions as the elite wide receivers do. Last year, he only had 65 receptions. If you look at the players that we have before, Devontae Adams, 83. Julio Jones, 99. Um, Michael Thomas, crazy, 149. But Kenny Galladay had 65 receptions for the whole year. So... That's the only thing that worries me is that he doesn't have the volume. So if those touchdown numbers go down, you have a problem. Unless that volume goes up. So that's the only thing that worries for me. And another thing that kind of worries me is that Marvin Jones is sneaky good. Sneaky. No, man, I don't think he's sneaky. I think he's really good. Like every single year. He produces. He produces, and he produces for fantasy. He's a great, great late-round late wide receiver. If he's still on the board, take him. He's going to produce like he does every single year. But that's kind of my worry because every once in a while in 2018, there was there was those games where it was the Kenny Galladay game, and, the, and then there was another game where it was the Marvin Jones game, and Kenny Galladay just kind of disappeared. That was with Stafford. 
But of course, that was two years ago, Kenny Galladay, and Kenny Galladay's taking some huge steps. He's the f- the clear front runner, wide receiver one for this team. So with 16 games with Matthew Stafford, I'm loving some Kenny G this year. Okay. All right. Number six, as I was doing, like I said, I did a lot of research. I, I don't know why. That's probably why I sucked in fantasy football last year, that I didn't really know a lot about what was going on around me. Um, I think the whole Andrew Luck retiring just kind of like took my soul. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, uh, uh, DJ Moore. DJ, stop touching him. DJ Moore is number one number six. DJ Moore, all right. Uh, Moore is coming off a really big bust-out season, honestly. Posting, uh, I mean, you think about it, you have Kyle Allen throwing and like it's not it's not yeah. it's not cam newton it's not uh what's his face um bridgewater bridgewater who, who, who Wait, who have no. this year no who was he who was the other backup before that anyway colin was their third string and uh dj moore just made the best of what he had you know he posted 87 catches for 11 1175 uh yards while he just had one top five game, he scored double digits in 12 games. It's 12. I mean, that's consistent. That's consistency. And um, and scored 20-plus fantasy points in three games. So, anyway, Moore had a really nice seven-game stretch last year where he scored at least 17.1 points in six games. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. He was in a couple of miles. Other leagues yeah. that I won, and he won the league for me because I got him really late. And I think I think he's a lock in the top ten for twenty twenty. I think he can like with Teddy Bridgewater and more. I don't know. He I, finished as the wide receiver eighteen last year, so that's a big jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, at first I thought he was a stupid pick as number one. I mean, the first round for the Panthers. I'm like, well, why are you picking that guy? Anyway, but he comes in and he, he showed me wrong, and I think that last year was kind of like his his bust out year, and I think that. Even though he made the best of playing with a third-string quarterback, he, he now has a more, I guess, established quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And um, we'll see what he can do. And I think that that could definitely play in his advantage. Who's your number six? My number six, and part of the reason why I was so surprised that you picked DJ, DJ Moore ahead of the likes of players like him, Chris Godwin, which last year had a great, great season, 86 receptions, 1,333 yards and nine touchdowns. Look, we have no idea what this offense is going to look like yet um, with Tom Brady coming in. But with Tom Brady, he's looking at looking at my notes here. With Tom Brady coming in, but Chris Godwin is an elite, elite wide receiver. He's got all the talent. Like you said, he broke out last year. No, excuse me, you were talking about DJ Moore. Chris Godwin finally broke out last year. And if you have talent, talent like his – Regardless of who the quarterback is or the situation going on in the team, he, he's going to be targeted. He's going to produce. Okay. If Brad leans on Godwin, if if Tom Brad, uh, Brady, excuse me, if Tom Brady leans on Godwin like he did with Edelman, and he usually does with the slot receivers, watch out. This could be something special. Yeah. Because he's a much younger, better, I think, version of Julian Edelman. And. I'm telling you, watch out because Chris Godwin, we could be in for a top three finish. I, I, I uh, I'm somebody. Are you done with him? Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, I'm somebody that's kind of very. I don't buy into hype. Uh, ever since the Colts were supposed to be Super Bowl favorites and 
2014, 2015, I bought it, I bit it, and died inside when I didn't do it. So I'm not going to buy any hype anymore. I did not jump on the Browns train whenever they signed Odell and, and Jarvis and all them. And I'm certainly not buying Tampa Bay. I'm not I'm not a hater. I'm just skeptical. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're in. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, well, he, I mean, the talent's there, though. He was the wide receiver, too, last year. Yeah. My number seven is, at a Buccaneer, is Mike Evans. Wow, okay. What? No, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead, and I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> Mike Evans, in the past, has been a monster. You know, in 2016, he had 12 touchdowns. And for and, and also had 1,300 yards and almost 100 catches. That's that's a fantasy monster. Yeah. And, of course, when you have Jameis Quinston uh, not being able to throw a, a football without it going to the other team. Quality. Quality content. Right I there. love it. Yeah. I love it. I pulled the Pedro. But anyway. James uh, Quinston. But <laughs> now he has a quarterback. I, I'm going to buy It's raining. Wow. Anyway, and now I'm going to buy into to Mike Evans again. That's just where I'm, I'm – he's kind of low because I'm just – I'm not buying the hype. But Mike Evans does have a quarterback that is capable of not sexually assaulting an Uber driver. He also has a quarterback that's capable of not stealing crab legs from a Publix. He also has a quarterback that does not stand up on top of a cafeteria table and shout profanity. This guy... More now, importantly, he has a quarterback that's not going to throw 30 interceptions. The thing is, <laughs> I, he doesn't have some sort of idiot, okay, eating W's. This uh, Tom Brady is going to be much more maniacal, much more thought like thoughtful when he throws. It's not just kind of like literally, that kind of looks like my guy, I'm going to throw it to him, I'm going to squint at him. I'm going to squint at him, I'm going to throw it. Squint and throw. That's what, Somebody's going to catch it. Somebody's going to catch it. And he it. was right. And exactly, <laughs> he's not our, wrong, Mister Thirty for Thirty. You know, yeah. but anyway, I, Mike Evans was a fantasy monster, and I think that Jameis really stunt that. He very definitely just stunt that. And last year, uh, or sorry, not last year, year before last, um, with Fitzmagic, he had a great stretch. Yeah, when 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter. He had a great stretch. He he had an incredible stretch. Him and Deshaun Jackson, yeah. they were they were incredible. Yeah, they were. But then when Jameis came back, they were just kind of like, pack it up, it's done. But anyway, I think that he has that opportunity. He's a red zone monster. He can score touchdowns. I'm very excited for Mike Evans and his career. I have nothing. I think both all of the quarterbacks he's ever had, besides Ryan Fitzpatrick, are a bunch of idiots. You think of what he had? Uh, he had two Heisman tr- Trophy winners throwing to him in his career with uh, Johnny Manziel yeah. at college, and then Jameis Winston and the pros. But now he has somebody. He has a good and pedigree. He's a, a professional. He has a professional. Somebody that's not going to do something. I think that another thing, people being idiots like that, both with Johnny Manziel and Jameis Winston, it's a distraction in the locker room. And one thing, other than the fact that he'll deflate the football, Tom Brady is not a distraction. Okay, he's not. He's very professional. He he wants to win. I, I think he's going to be more of a distraction this year than he has been in any other year in his career because of all the hype and the whole Tom Brady moved. From yeah, New I think the, the, the moving probably did. But it. I don't think it's a negative distraction because he will eat that up. Tom Brady will eat that distraction. Oh, up. He'll he'll keep it away from them. But absolutely. here's my problem with Mike Evans because I don't have Mike Evans in my top ten. Okay, and so I just want to kind of. 
give my insight All on right. him before I move on to my next player. It's the fact that he's more of that deep, deep threat. And I don't know how many deep down the field passes Tom Brady's actually going to throw this year. I can see him more than not leaning on Chris Godwin out of the slot. Those short intermediate passes, yeah. those slants. Then him going deep to Mike Evans. Now, I do see a world where Mike Evans is a stud because every red zone opportunity, Tom Brady looks for him. But yeah. then again, they have Gronkowski too. Yeah. So that that that's my issue. But then that. again, another thing, like I've said with, the, with DeAndre Hopkins, you spread out that offense, you got to pick your poison. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But they're not all the touchdowns are going to go to him though. I mean, that, that's my issue. I'm not saying. Uh, he's proven in the past that he's capable of being a touchdown machine, yes. as is Gron- Gronkowski. In, 20, okay? in 2016, Mike Evans had 173 targets, then 136 and 138 the following two years. And last year, when Chris Godwin broke through, he only had 118 targets. If Chris Godwin continues that ascension and Mike Evans continues this this slight slump he's in, that, that's what worries me. I, the only thing that worries me at all is just injury. Cause he he I think how many how many games has he missed? Let's see. He um, has he missed three games last year, and then he missed games. a game in twenty seventeen, and that's pretty much it. He's been pretty consistent on the field. Yeah, last, last last year, year he missed him. the most games. Another year he did too. Oh, oh was, early uh, in his career. Early in his career, yeah. Never mind. I think of somebody else. But well, anyway, Mike Evans is my number seven. Go ahead. My number seven is Amari Cooper, and. I'm not very happy about that. <laughs> I'm not. Look, I don't trust Amari Cooper, okay? I wouldn't either. I think he has all the talent in the world. In my personal and professional opinion as a, as a psychiatrist, apparently, I think there's something wrong. I don't think he's in it. It's, it's mental is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Because this guy, almost down the line, will give you half a season where he's like, just amazing. The man, yeah. And then half a season where he literally catches no balls. Yeah. Like that game against the Patriots last year. Yeah. Zero receptions. I mean, it's crazy. He's a $100 million man, though. Last year, he pl- he played 16 games. He had 79 receptions, 1,189 yards, and eight touchdowns. And ever since he came to Dallas, it, it almost seems like a resurgence of his career because yeah. he really wasn't doing anything no. in Oakland. Except for his rookie years, the ACDC right. kind of thing. But he comes into Dallas yeah. with Dak, with a better offensive scheme, and, and he's been producing, and he's been great. But even in Dallas, last year, there were a lot of games where he disappeared, fantasy speaking. I mean, that game against the Patriots, your wide receiver should never give you a dud, ever. You, yeah. you, you sometimes get that with a tight end. Or a player that gets injured before the game and you get a zero, but a zero from your starting wide receiver? You're, I mean, where are you going to draft Amari Cooper? Second, third round? You have to. you got to spend on him. I don't trust him. And this almost seems like a like a, I'm giving you all the reasons why he shouldn't be in my top ten, but the, the talent is there. The the team is there. Uh, this, is, this is one of those – hey, hey, look. Lily wants to chime in. She really likes... It's Iris. Oh, you're Iris? Where's Lily? Lily's <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> but he has the, 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 all the talent in the world, all the opportunity in the world. The only thing that kind of does worry me, again, I know you like to take it, take it kind of glass half full kind of thing, where you have all these targets, all these um, 
promising players and you think that makes everybody better because it, you know it, and it doesn't makes the team better but for fantasy purposes it takes away from Amari in my opinion yeah because now Dak has other people to throw it to now he has CeeDee Lamb there he, Michael Gallup who kind of had a little breakout year last year because Amari I'll get to Amari I'll get to Amari but so he does worry me, but I can also see it where he has an incredible year yeah. with Dak, who's now signed his his franchise. Yeah, he did. Tag, yeah, we didn't. We need to come back to breaking which is great, news again. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, but because you you at least know he's not gonna pull the Zeke. He's not going to Cabo. No. So huh? listen, I mean the talent's there. Draft him at your own peril, at your own risk. He may disappear for half the season, but the the games where he's there mentally and physically, he's going to be elite. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my number eight. My number eight is um, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill surprisingly failed to finish in the top 20 um, when when he comes to wideouts. Uh, out of, in seven of his 12 games – he just disappeared. Yeah. I mean, some of it was injury. Some of it was just kind of like he didn't do anything. But still, the speedy playmaker is likely going to be a fantasy top five in 2020. And that's why, you know, his potential is the reason why he's here. His performance of last year really didn't, like, do anything for me last year. But this year, the potential is still there because they still have Patrick Mahomes in the football. Exactly. And that's all I really have to say about that. I don't know. He, 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 he did a lot. Another reason why he's so low is just that his on-the-field, off-the-field issues, whether it's injury or yeah, you're taking into account beating the risk. up people. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I uh, have him so low. Go ahead. Who's your number eight? Listen, my number eight is DeAndre Hopkins. What? I mean, I'm Whoa. surprised you weren't like, where's Hopkins? I mean, you're getting down to the end of Whoa. your list. Where is Hopkins? Listen, we are living in Corona world. Yeah. If you haven't noticed. And I don't want to get into that because that's not what this podcast is about. But in this corona world, where things are always changing, the NFL has come out and said that things will start on time for them. The players are supposed to report somewhere around July 28th. And offseason will go on a schedule. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe that, but there could be some delays, or there could be a world where they do report, but they can't practice like, they, like they're used to. He's going to a new team with a new offense, and I understand he, he's a veteran, he's a professional, he'll, he'll adjust better than a rookie going, you know, the rookies going into this year are going to have, I think, a really hard time adjusting. But he's going to a new team, a team that already has great weapons with a good quarterback. I think he is the de facto number one immediately. But don't be surprised if, if he struggles a bit. Yeah. He's going into a new team with a lot of weapons. Kyler Murray also likes to run the ball. So it's he's a dual threat kind of running back. Uh, excuse me, quarterback. They have a good running back in Drake. I'm just, I'm being cautious, cautious, cautiously optimistic with DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the Cardinals as a team, but for fantasy purposes, I'm gonna let somebody else take Hopkins. And if I and if I, 
And if I if I'm wrong and he has an incredible year because he's he's going to this flashy kind of offense and blah blah blah, great, I'll I'll eat it. Hmm. But I would. Don't be surprised, Drew, if this is kind of like an Odell Beckham going to the Browns kind of situation. Not exactly, because this is a much better situation. But in the in the terms of um, everybody expected, you know, just humongous great numbers by them. And then Odell didn't do anything that year. Yeah. So I, I'm just a little worried. I fully understand why they're surprised. I fully understand that the talent is there. But I'm going to let somebody else take it. And play their luck with that lottery ticket. I'm going to save mine and go get somebody else. <laughs> All right, my number nine is Stephon Diggs. Uh, Stephon Diggs got traded to the Buffalo Bills, uh, obviously. And I love that. I love that. You know, if you look at his stats, I'm looking at right now, they do nothing but increase. And I think that when he had, doesn't have an Adam Thielen to take away the, those targets – or take away this, that, and the other. Last year, he was the number one receiver for a little bit while Adam Thielen was hurt. Um, he had a career 1,300, 1,130 yards last year when it, when he came to uh, receiving yards, even though his his targets were cut by 50. He had 150 in 2018, and then in 2019, he had 94. So um, he... he, he he only had 63 receptions, but those 63 receptions, he had a career high 1130 yards. So yeah. when he, I think that when he is the sole like number one possession receiver in Buffalo, which is what we're assuming, which are what we're assuming right now, because John Brown is more the outside speedster, and and uh, Cole Beasley is more the inside slot. I think that when you have this guy as your primary possession guy. I think good things will happen, and I'm I'm willing to take that bet. Whether it's a late second round pick or a high third round pick, let's do it. I'll take it. Stephon Diggs uh, is my number nine. My number nine is Allen Robinson. Ooh, out of Chicago. He's I'm, yeah, I'm, he's so sneaky. I'm in good. love with Allen Robinson. He's so sneaky, good. Uh, and I mean that in a very non amorous way. I'm in love with Allen Robinson as a fantasy prospect. Can you edit this? I'm about to go kill a dog. <laughs> Wait. I'm just going to start over with, uh, no, what? Alan Robinson. Okay. My number nine is Alan Robinson. And listen, it's, he's so sneaky. I'm in love to... with Alan Robinson in a fantasy, fantasy way. Like, that sounds even worse. 
than if I had just <laughs> I have a lot of fantasies about Alan Robinson. <laughs> yes, yes. All my fantasy team. <laughs> it, it's he's great. He's great. <laughs> Listen, he was in Jacksonville. He had a great fantastic year in 2015. Then he goes to Chicago. This will be his third year in Chicago. Uh first year he missed some games. It was an okay year. Last year, though, he played all 16 games. He had 154 targets, 98 receptions, 1,100 yards, and seven touchdowns. And consistently, I saw him in my one of my one of the other person's team on the league, and consistently he was he was beating people. Yeah. Because of Allen Robinson, and I started looking into him, and I was able to snag him and trade for him in another league. Won that league. I just I love Allen Robinson. Let's not forget that everything he did last year was with Mitchell Trubisky throwing him the ball. And everybody knows that I'm not a big fan of Mitchell Trubisky as a as a quarterback. <laughs> or anybody else that was drafted that year besides Patrick Mahomes. Or Deshaun Watson. I like Deshaun Watson. I thought you hated him. I truly, truly do believe that whoever the quarterback is this year, we saw him do it last year with Mitchell Trubisky. I'm hoping and assuming that he only gets better and the team only gets better. But if they make that switch to Nick Foles, mm-hmm. personally, I at least will be more comfortable. I know that it's controversial, it's polarizing, and some people don't. Some people believe in him, some people don't. I will be more comfortable with Nick Foles as the quarterback for this team. I think Allen Robinson could take a step forward and... We saw it last year. He's he's a great, 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 great wide receiver. And he's sneaky in the sense that, in my opinion, he's sneaky in the sense that he's not a sexy name. No. He's going to fall. I mean, you're, you're, I'm not saying he's going to fall to the 13th round or something, but you're going to get him out of value, yeah. I believe. And my wide receiver, nine, I mean, out of value, getting a top 10 wide receiver, snag him. I'm telling you. So would you say him. that there are there... – there are only eight wide receivers better than Allen Robinson, or is this like in your opinion? There's only eight because he's your number nine. There's only eight receivers better than Allen Robinson. This is fantasy for 2020, yeah, 2021 no, season. Like, is that what you're saying? Essentially. Hmm. Okay. Because I because I'd rather have him than my other wide receivers. Okay. I'd rather have him this year than Mike Evans, for example. Okay. Who, who's who's not in my water uh, my top ten? Because I'm gonna get him out of value. I think I'm gonna have to pay for Mike Evans for because of the name. Yeah. Okay. That and makes he, more sense. And he won't return value. You know what I'm saying? That makes more sense. Okay. For value. You're number ten. Nine number ten is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Um, if you look at his stats, it's really impressive. He uh, in four years at. Uh, Oakland, he had consistently close to, uh, let's see, close to a 1,000 yards per season besides 2017, which was not a very good year because he had some injury problems. I think that if he would have played those four uh, four games he missed, he could potentially have had a 1,000-yard season. But he's still going to get you a 1,000 yards every year. Um, but another thing that's really interesting to me is in four years at, at – um, Oakland, he had 19 touchdowns, okay? 19 touchdowns in four years. In two years, at Dallas, he's had 14 touchdowns. So, 
I, that right there, he's he's blossoming. He's he, like you said earlier, he's found a new life in his career at in Dallas. But the problem is, Amari Cooper is a head case. Yeah. And, and I don't want to make him sound like he's crazy or something like that. But I'm, what I'm saying is, he you can easily get in his head. And I think that that's what bothers him. That's what bothers me as a fantasy owner. Mm-hmm. To where if I were to be drafting, this guy has a top talent. He is. But his value is more towards the end of the third round, perhaps fourth round. That's that's the thing. Like I, because like you said earlier, he will come out half the season and just blow it up and just be like, "Where's this guy been?" And then all of a sudden he'll disappear. I think that with C.D. Lamb, I know you're probably gonna hate on me for this, but with C.D. Lamb coming with Michael Gallup, who blossomed last year because Amari Cooper did disappear, with C.D. Lamb coming in his rookie year. It's going to make the team spread out because I think that if you have a cornerback shading you and on top as a safety, I think Amari Cooper's just kind of like, well, I ain't getting the ball this time. I'm going to give up this play. And he, 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 he does it himself. Not necessarily the defenses take him away, but he takes his himself away. Yeah, it's, it's mental. It's, like it's the really, mental. Like yeah. I said, he's a head case when it comes to that. That's now, what worries me about Amari. And that, and that, but I think that if, if you give him more opportunities, you have a first-round talent, if not the best receiver in the 2020 draft on one side of you. You have Michael Gallup, who's proven himself as a great number two. Don't forget about Zeke. And you also have Zeke in the backfield, yes. It, you you got to you got to that spreads out that defense and i think that that helps him mm-hmm. in his his game in his head and so that's why okay. i have him at number 10 because he is fully capable of being a premier guy maybe he feels more comfortable and he won't give you those plays where he just kind of gives up gives up yeah i think that he takes himself out of the game faster than anybody any defender can so forget about where you're going to draft them, forget about the round, forget about anything. 2020-2021 season. Amari Cooper or Allen Robinson? Me, Amari Cooper. Okay. Because I do believe Dak Prescott is the much better quarterback I, than, than Nick Foles oh or yeah, Mitchell, for, Mitchell, for Mitchell sure. Trubisky. I'm, I'm taking Amari Cooper also. Because I want a piece of that Dallas offense. Yeah. Like, I want to watch their games. Yeah. And you know have something I mean? invested and, in it. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, thing too, is I think Allen Robinson is impressive, don't get me wrong, because he was able to have a 1,000-yard season with Mitchell Trubisky as his quarterback. Okay? Like, that's, that's in and of itself a miracle. But I'd rather have Amari Cooper because he's more set up for more success. Yeah. So, I'll take it. And I think it's incredible that he had 19 – touchdowns in four years turns around has 14 in two, two years, years yeah. so i i uh i will take that because I'm, I'm a big touchdown fan my number 10 dj moore out of the carolina Panthers. holy crap none of us had odell in our top 10 oh no that's crazy that's it's, funny it's a liability that it is it any, is okay if you're gonna eat some food and it's delicious food it looks great and then the little corner of there's a little brown Stuff on it, you don't know what. That's what just a poop it joke. It's a little brown. Anything brown, uh-huh. I'm staying away with it. Racist. Stay away from it. You're brown. I gotta stay away from myself. <laughs> stay away from the Browns this year. <laughs> if you want to roll the dice, go for it. Like oh, I yeah. said with Devon or with DeAndre Hopkins, I'm gonna let somebody else 
roll the dice. And if they win, they win. And I'm like, okay, you know, the Browns got me this year. Yeah. But I, I refuse to, I refuse to get bit in the butt again. And yeah, and I think that he will be the Odell will be taken in the first round or second round on his namesake alone. If he's there in the third or fourth round, you best believe I'm going to draft him. Yeah, because of the uh, value for the value, yes. But, but I'm he's not a, paying he, up. For he him. is the definition of a head case. Period. Like Amari Cooper struggles with it, but Odell is the absolute epitome of a head case. He's got Hall of Famer ability, talent. Yes. But he does not have Hall of Fame numbers. So we'll see. And he has he has probably the sickest catches you could ever see in his life. But Randy Moss like he can't like no, I think he has better catching ability than Randy Moss. Yeah, he probably does, but but he does not have the ability to stay in the game like Randy Moss. So real real quick though, my number ten is DJ Moore. I mean Sorry, I took it out of the way. I just was shocked that the sexiest player in the NFL is not Not in our top ten. Anyway. I'm not shocked though. He doesn't deserve to be. No, he doesn't. I'm, I'm glad we agree on that. So, DJ Moore, it's kind of hard to say that he broke out last year because in his rookie year, he had 788 yards, 55 receptions, and, and, and a couple of touchdowns as well. So, that's those are breakout numbers for any wide receiver, and he did that his rookie year. But last year, he had a 1,100 uh, yards, four touchdowns, and with 87 receptions. He's a great wide receiver. He's proven that time and again. Drew, you said you weren't really sure why they drafted him, and then and then he's you know he's showing you why. Uh they have Teddy Bridgewater there, who is going to be a huge upgrade from Kyle Allen or whoever what it was that was throwing to him last year. They did bring in um, my guy, Robbie Anderson. I like Robbie Anderson. But um, is that really going to hurt DJ more? I think that hurts Curtis Samuel more than anybody. And let's not forget that they also have to share the ball with the running back that catches the ball more than any other running back in the league, which is Christian McCaffrey. So I can see DJ Moore having another great breakout year. Um, and that's why I have him at 10, because I, I I believe in DJ Moore. I think him and Teddy Bridgewater will, will build a rapport. I think he's somebody that Teddy Bridgewater can lean on and trust more so than Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and, excuse me, I trust Don't get emotional. DJ Moore. I trust him. Don't get emotional. I trust him. I don't trust Robbie Anderson as much as I like him. I don't trust Curtis Samuel. I don't trust or I don't think that he's going to, to Teddy. No. I, we're good. I don't think okay. he's going to pass the ball as much as they did last year to Christian McCaffrey. And so I think he's going to look towards DJ Moore's way a little more, which is only going to help DJ Moore. So I'm very excited about the prospect of DJ Moore this year. And, of course, the team will struggle, but he's going to get his, fantasy speaking. That's it. That's our top ten. Drew, you got anything, any players that you feel like maybe hindsight now that uh, I didn't pick them, you didn't pick them, maybe they, they belong in the top ten? Um, I didn't pick Keenan Allen this year or Mike Williams just because they don't have Phillip Rivers. I think that I don't really know what kind of quarterback we're going to get with Tyra Taylor. I think Tyra Taylor. Or Herbert. Or Herbert. But I, 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 I don't, Herbert's out. Um, this year, I would not stop it. If, it, if it's if it's Herbert, then you're not even gonna draft the guys. I, I just yeah. sorry, I just can't. But anyway, 
I, I, not that I hate on, I'm hating on Tyra Taylor. I think he's he is a capable starter in this league, but um, I think that Philip Rivers loves. We don't know what kind of establishment he will have with that talent in L.A. because we know that Philip Rivers loves Keenan Allen. He loves big wide receivers like Mike Williams. And so I think that Keelan Allen has an elite talent, but whoever's throwing to him, how much of that game plan will be a part of that? So that's another person. I think Keenan Allen is elite, but I don't know how much of elite of a year he's going to have next year. Right. Another one. um, What T.Y. Hilton? What do you think? What do you expect as a Colts fan from T.Y. Hilton? Uh, This might be a hot take. Real quickly, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, me as a Colts fan, I have to like check myself. But if you look at a receiver like Ty, I think Ty is secretly like the most underrated guy when it comes to what he can do. Like he owns the Texans, and statistically speaking, if you look at what he does against the Texans, specifically in Houston, he's gonna have close to a two hundred yard game and maybe two or two touchdowns. And I think that that's that's something huge. But like, although. The thing I hate about T.Y. Hilton is you're not going to get any kind of yard after catch because whenever right. he catches that ball, he's ducking or he's running a bounce. No. And so that's I think that he is still capable and he's very good. He's going to be probably their best receiver this year. And we'll just see how can can will he will, will T.Y. Hilton be Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen, or right. will it be a whole new kind of game we've never seen before. Well, speaking to the Rivers thing, I, watch out for Michael Pittman Jr. I know he's a I know he's a rookie, and I know we rookie wide receivers. It's hard to hit on. Yeah, the one that's gonna, you know, break through or whatever. He, I but think Michael Pittman Jr. Will he has finish. a great opportunity. Uh, my prediction, not because if he, not because he's a Colt, but I think because he's a big receiver for Philip Rivers. Yeah. He's Mike uh, Williams. He's going to be a top three in rookie receivers. Oh, of the rookie receivers. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. I can see him having a pretty decent year. You draft him really late, and he's a good. You oh know, yeah, it's like toward like yeah, a late round, great, like great thirteen player. to fifteen. Like yeah, I, I would do that. But yeah, for um, sure. But like also, you gotta think like other rookie receivers. You have yeah, Ceedee Lamb, Lamb, and then you have Jerry Judy yeah. in that Denver, in Denver offense that I love. Yeah. But anyway, another player, last player, you can go to yours. Sure. Is Cortland Sutton. I, I should have put Cortland Sutton in there, but um, I don't know. I, I hope that he can repeat what he did last year. Yeah. So, who you got? No, I, well, I, no, I was just thinking, um, you know, names like Tyler Lockett come up. Yeah. Names yeah. Uh, like Tyler Lockett who, I mean, why not? Maybe even, um, what's the other? DK. DK Metcalf, you know, he, he had a great end of the end of the. Uh, back half of the year there with, with Russell, and Russell's an elite, in my opinion, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Oh, slow the brakes. But he hasn't had one single MVP vote. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But he, um, you know, t- players like that, you know, come up to mind. Tyler Lockett, Corlin Sutton, who you, who you mentioned. Uh, these are all kind of players that in the middle of your rounds uh, – you know, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, they're great value. Wide receivers, I'm telling you, wide receivers, there's a lot of depth in wide receivers. That's why a lot of people go running back heavy early in their drafts. Mm-hmm. Because once you have your running back, stud running backs you can rely on, you can go out and draft the DK Metcalfs of the world, the, the Michael Pittman Juniors later in the draft, and, and it feel comfortable 
that if they break out, if DK, excuse me, hit myself in the face, if DK becomes the number one in Seattle, if Michael Pittman Jr. has a great rookie season, then you just won your league because you drafted them late, you got great pillars for your team and running backs, and now you're getting your pieces. One more, one more player I'm done that I had in my top ten for because of value would be Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper well, Cup. I love Cooper Cup, and, and I think that he comes in with with Jared Goff. Jared Goff and Cooper Cup have a great rapport together. Yeah, like they'll come in there. He's he's Goff's safety blanket. Let's not forget though that towards the end of the season last year, the Rams started running two wide two tight end sets a lot, and Cooper Cup disappeared. Well, so it could be a Robert Woods year. It might, but then again, I don't know. The Rams frustrate me. Now they started playing different. Is my point. They trade. They 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 take away their entire future for for good players. But like, I don't know. Drew we'll does not like the Rams. I do not like the Rams. I just they frustrate me because they have such talent around them. But then again, they have no way of like rebuilding it because yeah. they tr- they trade away their entire future. Yeah. Well, all right. That's all we got for you today. Uh, next week uh, we're doing the. Um, the sleepers and the breakouts. Yeah, sleepers and the breakouts. Next next week we're gonna have uh, one more fantasy show sleepers slash breakouts. Who are those players that we think can win you a league if you draft them late? So th- that's what we're gonna do next week. After that, we're gonna start kind of our more traditional, not necessarily fantasy football show, but football show. We're in gonna general, talk about fans. NFL. Stuff, right? we're, we're going back to our roots. We hope to have guests. So if you would like to be on the show. Please hit us up on our website or our email or on our Twitter uh, or on the comment section of our uh, of our podcast or the um, YouTube YouTube page. Yeah, all if, you want, if you want to be on it, you can. We can. We can have you on here. We'd be happy to have you. So, from yeah. us at uh, Gridiron Gang, we hope that you have a good weekend and be careful of this dust storm. That's yeah, it's coming to the south, what the south heck? side of the uh, nation, southeast. Anyway, anyway apparently it happens all the time, but uh, apparently it's pretty big this week. Tune in next week for the yeah. fiery asteroid. Tune in um, next week. So yeah. yeah, we'll see you guys next week. All right, see you guys. Good one.